Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. A story that we have covered from day one. Black men harassed, kidnapped, tortured by members of law enforcement. Major updates to that story. We have those gentlemen on the program today along with their attorney. I want to remind you of what happened. Don't stand right here knowing you know, what happened right here. Justice is what it all, you know, what it all boiled down to. I'm just like them, you know, whether they, they in uniform or not. For six months, Eddie Parker has been living in a house of whores where he says he was brutally beaten by deputies sworn to protect this rural Mississippi community. I crawled here to this spot and uh, they uh, started uh, beating me here and tasing me. As you can see, you know, blood spots and all and my blood spots there. On January 24th, Parker and his friend Michael Jenkins say that six white Rankin County deputies entered the home and tortured them for nearly two hours. A heavily redacted incident report says deputies were investigating, quote, reports of narcotic activity at the house. They said they saw a gun, though there was no proof either man had a weapon. In a federal civil rights lawsuit, the men alleged deputies entered without a warrant, handcuffed them, and subjected them to nearly two hours of torture and racist abuse. Jenkins was shot in the mouth during the incident. And Mary Jenkins, Michael's mother, says her son will never be the same. I prayed with him, and I asked Mike, I said, if there's any life in you, Michael, if there's anything in you, please squeeze my hand. Please let me know you're still in this body. And he did. Jenkins' injuries make it difficult for him to speak. It hurts. I'm embarrassed. Has anyone from the department ever reached out to you and apologized? Have they ever asked for anything at, at all? No. The two men are suing a half a dozen Rankin County Sheriff's deputies, three named and three only identified as John Doe's. Rankin County Sheriff Brian Bailey was also named in the suit. And he said earlier this month, deputies involved in the incident were no longer with the department, although he did not confirm the number of deputies or their names. Newest development, six officers, all six have now pleaded guilty to 16 federal and state charges. The attorney, Mr. Malik Z. Shabazz, attorney of law, real leader, real advocate. We have been covering this since the start. Legal counsel for both Michael Jenkins and Eddie Parker. This was horrific. Um, I wanna remind you of that hospital picture we showed you initially. Michael C. Jenkins was in the hospital after he was shot in the mouth, the mouth by one of the deputies. Jenkins was left for dead, essentially as deputies rendered no aid to help him whatsoever. I remember the picture of Mr. Eddie Parker, Terrell's injuries. The crime scene of January 24th, 2023. Again, six officers entered the residence of Jenkins and Parker without a warrant, alleging they were there to carry out a late drug raid that resulted in both black men being beaten, sexually assaulted, waterboarded, assailed with racial slurs and shock with tasers for roughly 90 minutes or more. All while handcuffed 
accusations of them dating white women were hurled. Items found at the crime scene, a sexual device on the left, eggs on the right. After officers attempted to sexually assault the men with the sexual device, both men were forced to shower together. Eggs were also hurled at the two men. Clarity on the agencies, some outlets reported was five Rankin County deputies and one Richland Police Department officer. While language in the lawsuit doc suggests all six officers involved were with the Sheriff's Department. Rankin County Sheriff Brian Bailey on the left, Deputy Hunter Elward Center and Deputy Brett McAlpin Wright. According to eyewitnesses, the identity of the ranking officers included Deputy McAlpin, Deputy Elward, and another deputy, Christian Deadman, not pictured. Back in late June, Sheriff Bailey said all five deputy sheriffs tied to the January 24th episode had been fired or resigned. Richland County Police Chief Nick McClendon, put him up, announced in the early part of July, former officer Joshua Hartfield was, and I quote, implicated in the January 24th incident and has since resigned from the department. Hartfield was reportedly off duty at the time of the incident. Now, there's a lot of information here. We wanna make sure that one, we have the absolute word from those who were victims and from the advocate attorney representing them. Thank you gentlemen for being on the program. Wish it was under better conditions, better circumstances, but here we are. How are you today? We're doing fine um, in this historic moment. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you, Dr. Ritchie, because you reported this case. You believed in this case. You stood up for the cause of police brutality when people doubted us. And now the hour of vindication has come upon the plea guilty of these six criminal white deputies that abused uh, our clients and abused our black brothers. And so in this hour, I want to say that this is a this is a good hour for us as black men as and in this hour because we are standing up and we are getting some justice in this hour. Uh, we appreciate that sentiment, uh, but we simply did the right thing, attorney, just like you are. You're doing the right thing. I, I want to ask a question uh, to Eddie first um, to give us, in his own words, what transpired that day? What was said? What's what's correct on the record? What's incorrect on the record? Okay, I got to say one thing about this, Dr. Ritchie. There's a sentencing on August 14th in Rankin County for the state pleas for the deputies. And uh, they're still sentencing ahead for these multitude of federal counts. So, uh, brother, Mr. Eddie and the department, and we and the Department of Justice have agreed that he will not recount what happened in the House. But he's more than willing to speak to you about uh, how he feels about what happened, okay. the pain and suffering he's endured how he feels and his response to the guilty verdicts and all of that. He's willing to talk, but he's not gonna go through a fact by fact of what happened because uh, we're still in the criminal legal proceedings. I respect that attorney. 
Um, Eddie, how do you feel now? And what was your sentiment when you heard that these officers pleaded guilty for the crimes alleged? Oh, I was, uh, I was ecstatic. Yeah, I was uh, felt vindicated, you know, for uh, every word, you know, that was uh, said for uh, our you know, implications on what they what happened to us and uh, what we went through. Um, I felt, you know, uh, finally, you know, something uh, was coming out of it. Um, I'm still kind of in shock, you know. It was a battle yesterday, just, just thinking about, you know, the, I mean, the, the end, you know, coming to a near, you know, for uh, um, them being charged, you know, and then, I mean, finally, you know, saying, you know, I mean, yeah, we did this to these guys, you know, and I mean, we were wrong, so, I mean, there's no nowhere uh, they can hide, you know, no no other way, you know, other time, you know, they can get away from uh, just sitting back and not, you know, saying anything like, you know, we were just making this up, you know. I felt, I mean, I, I still I still don't know the feeling that I feel, but I know um, I, I know justice is being, you know, done. Michael, let me ask you this question because when we saw the photo of you in the hospital. Um, when my team and I received the information about uh, what happened prior and that they, the officer shot you in the mouth. Uh, what was it like after the aftermath of this, the hospital stay, uh, the conversations that needed to happen around why were you placed in this situation? Okay, let me say, and I want y'all to be patient with him. Because he he has been shot in the mouth, he has continuing medical injuries. He almost lost his tongue, and he's still been traumatized by this. Yes. Go right ahead, answer the question. <clears throat> it was difficult. The hardest part, the way they did my mom, and um, they left me for dead, and then turned around, wouldn't let my parents see me. And then go out in my room 24 hours and just waking up, seeing them handcuffed to the bed, feet, arms. Man, it was, uh, it was terrible. I mean, it was terrible. I don't know. It was bad. I, I would imagine that even after you're in the hospital, Michael, that you are likely thinking uh, these individuals are going to try to do something else to you. Did that sentiment ever go through your mind? Yes, sir. When I woke up and my, when I first woke up, you know, my mom was sitting right there. I heard her say, Michael, you can hear me squeeze my hand. I squeezed the hand and uh, I was waking up and I, was, I saw her and she stayed there probably about five more minutes and they, they took her every time before her to go. I had just woke up. You know, and right when she was getting ready to get up, and I looked over and seen uh, uh, the same police from the same uh, office sitting there, and she was walking out the room, and I couldn't even say nothing to her. And I couldn't even talk to tell her what was, you know, what was going on. Were the same officers involved in your, um, let's say, guardianship or guarding the room who were also involved? in uh, what I say, trying to kill you? No, sir, not the same, not the same officers, but the same department. 
Attorney Chavez, can you clear up the element where two departments are actually involved from police to the sheriff's department? How did that happen? Where was the call or the genesis of this partnership? This is called the Ranking County Goon Squad, according to yesterday's plea. This is called the Goon Squad. The brothers and the people in the community know it as the Rankin County Death Squad. There's a, there's a Deputy Hartfield from Richland, from the Richland, Mississippi Police Department, who uh, at this time we understand was off duty, but came to join the Rankin County Goon Squad. The other five deputies who pled guilty yesterday. Again, their names are the shooter Hunter Elwood, Brett McAlpin, there is Christian Deadman, there's Deputy Updike and Middleton and Hartsfield. Yeah, he joined in from another county and joined the Rankin County Goon Squad. And this was probably the worst decision that he made in his life. They have been getting away with beating uh, black people, white people, and violating the constitutional rights of residents of that county. Elwood took two pleas yesterday. He played to these crimes and another set of crimes for discharging his firearm. You know, he just he goes in places and just shoots to intimidate. I mean, this sounds like the 30s or the 1800s, but it actually happened. And and uh, 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 and so Hartsfield busted. But I got to say this: this is the remarkable news, sir, is that to our knowledge, this is the first time that law enforcement. All of these deputies are under federal custody right now. This is the first time that law enforcement, that white police officers in Mississippi have ever been put behind bars for harming a black person. This is history. And that is likely the reason they felt emboldened to do exactly what they were doing. No accountability, none. There was no precedent for accountability in Mississippi. Let me ask you. Uh, something, Eddie. Did you know of the reputation of this particular goon squad, as Attorney Shabazz just laid out? Oh, it was known just as, uh, just as well as the, the day turns in the night. Yes, it, it was. Uh, uh, I'm not the only one that knew. A lot of people that knew. Uh, Michael, so this was a known dynamic inside of the local community. Uh, these individuals coming to your home unannounced. Was there a sentiment, I know you can't get into the details of what happened line by line, step by step. But when they came in, was there an understanding of what was really happening? Or were you all still confused as to who these people were? I was, I was uh, at first, I you know, was confused of you know, who it may be. But uh, uh, once I got a clear shot or clear you know, uh, sight of uh, who it was, uh, I, I kind of knew, you know, the gist of what was uh, about to happen. Um, I mean, really, I'm speechless. Uh, let me go to um, let me go to Michael on this. One. Get a little choked up. I apologize, Michael. It's an when emotional you- moment. I mean, this it's an emotional moment for all of us. I mean, sure. But, I mean, the greatest part is the. Uh, there is a United States Attorney uh, uh, General, uh, head of the Civil Rights Department. 
Yeah. She is a black or African American woman. Her name is Christian Clark. Yes. And she takes these things seriously. And this is the first time in a long time as a as an attorney and an activist that I've seen the U.S. Department of Justice really stepping up and doing its job. And so, uh, uh, you know, some of the tears that we that we shed are tears of joy because there is some justice in this hour. And that I agree. Um, some. Where do you stand, Michael? Where do you stand today? I I know your mom talked about um, your road to recovery in a previous interview. Um, what does that road to recovery look like from the violence that these uh, criminals did to you? Every time I eat, I mean, my jaw is like it's a like a like my nerves like a bad burn feeling. It's hard to explain the pain, but it's. If you ever had a toothache, I know how bad a toothache can get. Just imagine your nerve in your jaw. Uh, I almost have to go down to the table. I'm trying to knock my fuck out off my plate because it hurts so bad. I go down. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's bad. You know, um, these brothers, Michael almost lost his tongue. These brothers are going to have uh, a, a long road, really, of, of trauma recovery. Uh, as Michael's mother said, she said that Michael uh, uh, is he's unable to sleep at night. He's had um, uh, a host of mental effects you know, from this that's gonna take a significant time to professionally recover from. And so, uh, you know, but yesterday's guilty pleas takes us further down the road, you know, towards his recovery. But uh, uh, it's, it was a serious, I mean, this is torture. Now you imagine these, these brothers is handcuffed. You know, once you handcuffed and these officers are coming in, calling them, calling them, calling them, uh, at other times, and 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 over these two hours, you know, as the plea deals pointed out yesterday, they were conducting a mock execution. They they think this is funny. I mean, this was this was tremendously uh, humiliating and embarrassing and uh, 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 and unprecedented for law enforcement. And we're hoping that the sentencing. It will help ease some of this trauma. We're hoping that the sentencing will send a message that this type of law enforcement must never ever uh, occur again in America. These type of law enforcement practices that will go a long way towards the healing. But uh, uh, you know they have they have messed a lot of people up, and they have messed these brothers up also. Obviously, I feel as if these criminals who are wearing a costume parading around as law enforcement officers should never see the light of day. Sentencing obviously will um, occur soon. Attorney, I have to ask this question. Was there any reason, I know there's no legitimate reason. Was there a reason given for why these officers decided to target Michael and Eddie? Because Sheriff Brian Bailey allows his officers to target people that they 
don't like or you know i don't know whether mcalpin who lived nearby was asserting his territory the general uh theory that i have is that they didn't want any black men in the area mm. in this area they didn't want any black men and they were like a gang asserting their control uh, uh and and all of them were emboldened by the sheriff. This is not just six robe officers. This is a sheriff that is, according to our lawsuit, is on the record participating in excessive force activities with his deputies. So um, this is a this is a custom. This is a pattern of practice. This is a way of doing business. That's one of the reasons why they felt that they could just pick out almost anybody and go out and go after them because this had been tolerated. This had been pro, uh, promoted. This had never been uh, brought under control by the sheriff and the county. I mean, this is literally uh, a rogue operation from the county to the sheriff's office down to the deputies who entered that home. I mean, obviously they had been doing this many times before. To get right. to this level, to get to this level and finally get caught, obviously they had done this over and over again. So they, they didn't know Michael or Eddie, but uh, they decided that they were going to uh, commit these savage acts of torture, sexual assault, waterboarding, and uh, ultimately sh shooting Michael Jenkins in the mouth. I mean, that's, it, it sounds shocking, it sounds crazy. People had a hard time believing us, but I mean, to, today we are vindicated. It is all true. The worst parts about it are even what happened Afterwards, it's so lengthy. The way that like we always talk in the black community, where the cop put a gun, the cop planted evidence. They say, "Oh, he ain't planting no evidence. He didn't plant a gun. Police wouldn't do that. They just think it's a so-called criminal making an excuse." Well, in these guilty pleas, is they've admitted to planting the uh, plant, attempting to plant a firearm. And that one of the deputies who pleaded guilty carried with him on, on duty a drop down gun. In case they had to drop a that gun down, he carried it on duty. <coughs> uh, uh, and also, um, um, they have, um, they stole, they, they, they stole the video recorder that recorded them coming in, that they admitted that they had stole the video recorder, concealed the evidence. Hunter Elwood went right to the police department, filled out an affidavit, <laughs> said that Michael Jenkins had a gun and pointed it at him and notarized the statement. Elwood never would have notarized that statement and went right to the police station if he had not had a history of doing that and getting away with it. There's that's another right. case that's coming down the pike soon, same county. It's Damien Cameron. The <coughs> autopsy said that Elward, the criminal here who just pled guilty, Elward and another uh, associate of theirs, Luke Stickman, that these deputies who uh, subdued Damien Cameron and he died. Well, the Mississippi State autopsy says of these ranking deputies that Damien Cameron's death was undetermined. Well, what's about to come out, doctor, is that uh, expert forensic pathologists are about to tell you that Damien Cameron did not die from undetermined causes. He died because clearly the autopsy photos show that they were on his neck like George Floyd, and they compressed his neck so hard that his eyeballs had hemorrhaged and popped out of his skull. 
It's all about it's all about to come out, and it all comes from Rankin County. Attorney, your leadership, brother, your advocacy, your fearless advocacy is to be commended. I submit this to you. You may be dealing with serial killers, sir. These may be serial killers who have coordinated a culture and that culture has either been A, ordered or at least significantly permitted and protected. Um, I wanna do this in our closing. Um, Eddie and Michael, I would like you both to just tell us, tell us what you think a solution is as it relates to this kind of misconduct. What should be done? You had this experience, you're still having the experience, but what would you like to say to those who are watching this interview? And um, Eddie, I will go to you first for that question. Uh, maximum sentences, you know, that, mm. that'll be the, the number one thing that'll stop, you know, a lot of people from uh, even thinking about doing this game. Uh, maximum sentences, I mean, that's that's what they would do, you know, to anyone else. So, that's right. I, mean, I don't look at the cops being, you know, any anything special. And, and I echo that point, and I would say, because they are officers, they should be held to a higher standard Absolutely. of accountability, not lower and not the same, a higher one. Um, and the same uh, to you, Michael. Yeah, maximum sentences. So we are calling for that with you. Um, attorney, thank you. I know you got a lot of work to do. I appreciate all of you gentlemen being on the program today. I know it's not easy to recount any of this stuff. Uh, attorney, keep us updated. Uh, let us know what we can do uh, to be an advocate for justice with you. Brother, you've been out front with us and we have the end and you have the inside connect with us. We honor you. Thank you for being a pioneer and a stand up reporter and brother. We thank you. Sentiment, thank you. Sentiment right. shared. I appreciate you all.